A massive challenge every wedding pro faces when selling your services is when and how to share what you do for couples. Sales success comes when you offer the right information at the right time in the right way. But the problem is, how do you know what's the right thing to share and when? In this episode, I'm going to walk you through five stages of awareness to make purchase choices, how to tell where your couples are in the process, what you should be sharing on social media, what you should be targeting on your website, and how to use proposals more effectively. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Katie and I are in the thick of planning a summer vacation with our kids. We love to travel. We love to travel on our own. We love to travel as a couple. And we especially love to travel with our kids. We've done some pretty epic trips. Back in 2015-16, we did a couple of 9-10 day trips through Colorado from Texas, and it was incredible. It was Katie's first time camping, actually, which was really pretty fun. And then in 2017, we did a really great road trip through Oregon, down in Northern California. And then in 2018, we moved across the country from Dallas up to the San Juan Islands in Washington State, and that was a pretty epic trip. And then the pandemic hit, and we haven't really done a lot of traveling with the kids. We went to Glacier National Park for about a week in August of 2020, but it's been a while. So we've got big expectations on this. Now, last fall, when Katie and I were in Italy, we thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we brought the kids back and and we did a long trip with them too? So why go for four weeks when you can go for six, we thought. (laughs) I mean, why not? Well, It didn't really actually turn out to be very realistic. We had thought about spending half of the summer over in Italy with our two 13-year-olds, but a lot of stuff got in the way. Obviously, our own work schedule is pretty hard to work out. And then also our 13-year-olds missing camps and activities like athletics, hanging out with their friends, maybe even doing a little bit of work around the, the, the island. So now we're looking at a couple weeks somewhere in Europe. Seems more more probable that we'd be able to do something like that. So last weekend, we were all hanging out with the kids and we were talking about the vacation. My daughter especially was pretty happy that we were going to go for two weeks instead of six, but we wanted to talk with them about where did they want to go? All right, where do they want to go? So we asked them, hey guys, where do you want to go? And they threw out all sorts of ideas. They threw out China, Greece, New York City, go see Hamilton, Japan, Croatia, Iceland, Norway, Africa made the list, tons of others. They were all over the map, literally. The places they chose made no sense. There was no through line in the options. We had no clue why they were picking what they were picking. So we asked them why they wanted to go to these places. And we got mixed responses. But they generally came down to these few. They read about them somewhere in school. Maybe they saw them in a movie. A friend was going there this summer. Or it was the home of their favorite YouTuber. 
So clearly we had to take the lead on where we're going to go from our summer vacation and we'd get absolutely nowhere. Our kids had no criteria to make the decision. So we shifted our approach and we asked the kids a series of questions, different ones. What were some of the favorite places that they had been to on previous trips? Where do they, where do they like to go and why? If they could go back to three of those places, which ones would they be? So that helped us get a better understanding of which ones they really liked in the past. And we could model our future trip based on that. But then we also asked them either or questions like mountains or beach. Lots of activities are just chilling at the house. Road trip or in one place. Hot or just kind of warm. Ocean or lake. Foreign language or English. You get the idea. The key here is that we refocus the conversation on the experiences they wanted rather than the actual locations. Now, ultimately, we decided on a week on a small island in Greece and then a week-long sailing adventure from that island out around the Greek islands. So this last week, I looked up outfitters to see how we could charter the boat, the sailing boat. I found out they were all too expensive for us to do without another family to help cover the costs. Either that or we'd have to win the lottery. So back to the drawing board, sort of, because we're closer to the experience we want now. Now, in case you're wondering, we are focused on Greece. We want to stay away from a lot of tourists. We want to have walking distance to a beach and we want sailing and hiking activities around there for us to do. So P.S. If you know of a place that fits this model, please let us know. Hit me up on Instagram at ID Action with a DM. But why am I bringing this up? Why spend a few minutes talking about this with you? Because I wanted to take this kind of decision making process and show how similar it is to what your couples are going through when they're thinking not about a vacation, but picking the vendor services that you offer. So as I sat down to outline this week's podcast, which is about stages of awareness, I wanted to share this story and see if you could find some of the parallels. So let me break down some of the psychology that went behind what happened with our kids And you'll see how it plays out with your own inquiries, I think. So our kids looked to what they thought they wanted based on existing knowledge. They had heard from a friend or a teacher, social media, a movie, whatever, something. Or maybe it was something that they had experienced before. That's how they were making their decisions. Then they went straight to the destination without thinking about what kind of experience they really wanted or the logistics of getting there or, frankly, how much it would cost. They are just 13 after all. Then when we worked through the different options in a more logical way, when Katie and I were guiding them, more on that later, we checked out some websites and we requested pricing to see if it was feasible for us to do. Now, as I said, we're on hold for the planning because we are about to head out on spring break and we don't have the time to plan out our summer vacation. Even if we could afford the Greek sailing adventure, we don't have the time. We got swept up in daily life. It's just like those poor charter companies. They probably wonder, why'd they ghost me? So wedding couples are no different than we are. And you are when planning a vacation. They see something that they fall in love with online, on social media, through a friend's recommendation, or something that they saw at another wedding that they even attended. And then they want to do that for their own event. But they don't know what it takes to get, or even if it's a good fit for their event, they haven't actually thought about what kind of experience they want to have. But they still reach out for pricing anyways. And when they do, they find out that it's far more than they hope to pay or what they can actually afford. And so what happens? They ghost you, just like I ghosted the charter companies. Sounds familiar, right? 
So how do you deal with this natural human instinct to make decisions in this super illogical way? Our couples who are inquiring for your vendor services, they're making decisions just like our 13-year-olds do on vacation. So you have to tap into a different process that's still very emotionally driven, but it's easier to guide couples through. That's what we want to do in the buyer's journey. Now, I'm going to introduce the heart of today's episode, and that is the five stages of awareness. And these five stages were first developed in 1966 by Eugene Schwartz in his book, Breakthrough Advertising. And they explain the general steps that consumers make when they're going through the purchase process. And he outlines five major milestones. They are unaware, problem aware, solution aware, product aware, and most aware. Okay, so unaware, problem aware, solution aware, product aware, and most aware. Now, when somebody is unaware, they don't know what their problems are. All right, they don't know what they want to need. When they are problem aware, they know what they need. All right, so problems could be either a desire, an unmet desire, or it could be an issue or concern or challenge that they have. Now, when they're solution aware, they're aware of the different solutions or services that are out there to meet their needs. They know that something exists out there, but they're not sure what specific products yet. So that's the fourth stage, being product aware. When somebody is product aware, they're aware of the different products and, and how they can help them, and they're ready to make a decision. And then the last stage is most aware. And this is a hard one for wedding vendors because most aware is really somebody who has already purchased a product and they're just waiting for another opportunity to, to purchase it again in general. So we have these five stages, unaware, problem, solution, product, and most aware. And what we want to keep in mind is that as wedding professionals who are selling our own services, we will find success by providing the right information at the right time and in the right way. These are the three keys to success. Right info, right time, right way. Those who do so will win more business than other people in their comp set. So when you're thinking about how you can book more business, how you can make more money, how you can drive prices higher, how you can increase your conversion rate, what you want to do is focus on the three keys. Right info, right time, right way. Now, when you're thinking about what information to share, you have to start with what the buyer needs depending on the stage that they're at. This is where it starts to get a little bit more complex and why I want to talk about it because most wedding pros aren't thinking at this level. And if you can, you will be 10 steps ahead of other people who are competing over the same clients. So let's dig into what kind of info we need to share at each stage of awareness. So when somebody is unaware, again, they don't know what kind of problem they have. They don't know what their needs are. So they need to know what their problems are. That's ultimately what they're trying to do to get out of that unaware stage. So again, keep in mind problems are problems or they're also pleasures. So you want to share with them what other people like them have identified as their problems and their pleasures, their needs and their concerns and their desires, all right? So when you're trying to move somebody from unaware to the next stage, you gotta share what it is that other people are going through, what other people have wanted, and then they go, oh, that's me. That's what I want to, all right? Now, the second stage, 
being problem aware. When somebody is problem aware, they need to know what solutions are out there to get off of problem aware to the next stage. So what do you share with them? You share with them general services that you offer in your vendor category that will help them meet those needs, those pain points, those pleasure points that you've already helped them identify. Now, the key here is that you don't want to focus on products. You don't want to focus on the features of your products. You only want to focus on the benefits of the services that you offer, general services that you offer. All right. So that's the second stage to get somebody from the third stage to the next stage. So solution aware to the next stage, they need to know what products you have that will meet their needs. All right. If they are currently solution aware, you need to get them to become aware of the products that will meet their needs. So share with them specific products and services that you offer to meet those needs. These are your packages with features listed out very clearly, as well as the specific pricing that goes along with each one of those packages. All right. So when somebody is solution aware, that's when you can present them the products and packages and specific pricing that you have for those. Now, If you want to get somebody from solution aware to most aware, and really what you need to do is have an option for them to buy something from you. And again, this most aware category, pretty tough when it comes to wedding pros, because people who are most aware are typically repeat clients. And that doesn't happen that often with couples. However, it does happen with planners or venues who do refer couples to you. But you got to be careful with referrals because one buyer, the referrer, is most aware, right? This person is most aware. They know all about your services. They've worked with you before. That's why they're referring you. But the couple that they're referring to you is not at the same level of awareness. They don't know yet as much as they need to, to make the decision. And I want to take a minute here because this is exactly why downstream vendors, photographers, stationers, videographers, floor designers, Basically, anybody who's getting referrals from planners and sometimes venues have such a hard time selling through the planner because the referral comes in and the planner wants product aware information for the couple, right? They want to know what are your packages, how much does it cost? And then they want to share that information with the couple. But the couple, they don't know what they need yet. They are not ready to become product aware. They are still back in very early stages. They could be unaware. Maybe they're problem aware, but they don't yet have the understanding of what it is that they need. And and therefore they can't know how what you do meets those needs. So they have surface level needs, but not deeper needs. And when you present specific pricing and packages through the planner, it goes over their head and they feel even more confused with all the features and numbers and bullet points that they're looking at now. So if you're a downstream vendor getting these referrals, your proposal must carry the context of your services. It must talk about the benefits that you offer, and it must demonstrate what makes you different and better than others they might be considering. You have to get somebody who is problem aware through two stages rather than just one stage of awareness. This is why the proposal is so important, especially for people who are in the luxury space that are getting referrals from planners. Now, if you're a planner, please recognize that you carry what's called the curse of knowledge. 
And what that is, is that it means that you know way more about the topic than you could ever imagine somebody else does. And you take that for granted. You think that when you present your couple, the packages and the pricing for the vendors that you're sourcing information from, that the couple is actually smart enough and knowledgeable enough and experienced enough and aware enough to take that information, process it and make a good decision. But what you really need to do is you need to make sure that you can help identify for them, with them, their deeper psychological needs and how those connect with the services and products that you're getting from the vendors that you're referring. Okay, now let's get back to the bigger picture, the five stages of awareness. Right info, right time, right way. How do you do this to help potential couples work their way through the buyer's journey without getting frustrated and stopping the plan or vendor selection process? I'm going to talk about three things here. Number one, on your social media, you really need to focus on the couples you help and what they want and need from you. Okay, we're trying to move them from early stages, unaware or problem aware, to to have enough knowledge of themselves and what they need, their surface level needs and their deeper needs to be ready for the information that you will share with them on your website and especially in the sales process. So let's say you're a photographer. What would you do on social media? You should be posting about engagement sessions, but instead of just talking about the engagement sessions and the pretty pictures, the the services you offer, the solutions you offer, you want to focus on how couples feel when they first get in front of the camera and then what you do to make them feel at ease. They need to identify that they don't feel at ease in front of the camera or they feel awkward or uncomfortable. They don't know what to do with their hands, whatever it may be. And then you want to you want to get them to become aware that that's a common problem that everybody else has. So you're going to help them see that that one, they have that need. And two, it's it's not uncommon. Other people have it as well. Now, if you're a planner, you would want to post about vendors that you partner with for creating these amazing events. But you want to make sure that you talk about how you guide your couples to develop a criteria to choose their vendors. It's not just picking amazing vendors. It's how you help your couples pick the right ones for them. They don't know that you need to help them match things up, not just with budget, but also with aesthetic style and personality. And that's something that you want to talk about in your social media. If you're a stationer, post your flat lays and samples. Yes, you want to showcase the work that you do, but you also want to talk about how important invitations are to setting the mood for the event and also getting people excited to attend the event. Couples don't know that that's what invitations do or save the dates do. And so you want to make sure that you're explaining that in the information that you post about on social media. Doing so will help couples see what others who are getting married have gone through or are going through right now. And therefore, they will learn more about their own needs and desires and therefore be better prepared for the information on your website or when they actually inquire. Your social media is priming them to understand themselves better. All right. Second thing for your website. You want to move people from being problem aware, knowing what they need, to being solution aware, aware of what you do. Now, this is not knowing about your packages and your pricing. That's for your proposal, which I'm going to get to in a second. So what your website should really focus on is clearly defining the full scope of needs that your clients usually have, and then also the benefits of working with you. Not just anybody, but with you. So... You don't want to focus on the features yet. You don't want to get into that. Those are for later. What you really want to focus on is who 
you are, what your brand stands for, how you help clients get what they need, and why you are very trustworthy to get that work done. You're using empathy and understanding to capture their attention as a provider that can help them. And then you are demonstrating expertise and authority to show your trustworthiness. You you need them to see you as the person who can deliver the solution better than other people can. They need to trust you before they're willing to learn about the specifics that you offer. All right, now, eventually they're going to inquire, but do not assume that they are solution aware or ready to receive packages and pricing. You must qualify them first, not just to know if they can afford your services, but one, to make sure what they have in mind is a good fit for your brand, aesthetically, and two, that they're ready to receive the package information. Chances are they're not, which is why you do a discovery call to check in and move them to the point where they are solution aware and they can receive the packages and the pricing and actually understand how it connects their needs and carries big value. When somebody inquires, they may think that they're ready for packages and pricing and availability, which is what they ask for, but chances are they are not yet ready for that information. And so that's why you've got to do that discovery call. You then have to help move them to that point where they're actually ready for the information. And that, that's where the proposal is, is doing the work for you. It's moving the buyer to become fully product aware. When you do that, you want to focus on the features of your services. That's what you're doing in the proposal. You're talking about the features of your services and then also the competitive advantages that you offer over other people's products. Why are you different and better? Why should they pay more for your services than a cheaper option that's out there? That's what your proposal is doing. Now, nearly every single traditional pricing guide that I see fails to communicate competitive advantages and connect the features that you offer with how it helps get them what they want. It's why traditional pricing guides fall flat. Even if you wait until after the discovery call to send it out. Now, traditional pricing guides sent out after the initial inquiry with, hey, get back to me if you have any questions or if you want to book my services. That's, that's a really, really hard sell, okay? Because people aren't yet ready for that. But even if you do a discovery call and then you send out a traditional pricing guide, it doesn't list out the competitive advantages that you offer or the benefits that your couple's receiving. So let's get back to our kiddos and this family vacation that we're planning. At first, our kids thought that they were product aware. They were focused on the places, but they didn't know how those places would meet their needs because they didn't even know their needs yet. They didn't know what kind of experience they wanted to have. That's why Katie and I took a step back and we asked different questions. It was like we were conducting a discovery call with our kids. Sure, we were learning what they preferred, beaches or mountains, active or relaxed, English or foreign language. But what we were really doing was getting them to discover more about themselves and what they wanted out of the vacation. Because as parents, we want our kids to be active participants in choosing that vacation. We know it'll be easier to get their buy-in on the choice and they'll be more excited in anticipation on all the days leading up to the trip because they know how it'll get them what they really, really want for that vacation. And it's up to you to guide your couples through the same kind of process that Katie and I did our kids. If you need help with messaging and website copy to connect those things with your couples, please reach out. We'd love to share more information about how we can help you guide your ideal clients on your website. And if you want to get better at guiding the sales process after they inquire, reach out to me directly. I do sales process audits with 90-minute sessions afterwards one-on-one to get you on track and trained to be successful. Boom. 
That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 